What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Tuesday, July 14th. Here's what you missed while you were out celebrating Bastille Day, you Frenchie. Okay, so for the first time in about 17 years, the U.S. federal government has executed a prisoner, Daniel Lewis Lee, a real sweet one. Yeah, this fucker killed an Arkansas family in 1996 while apparently trying to establish a white-only nation. Yeah, quote, in 1996, Lee and four other associates who were members of a white supremacist organization went on a crime spree that included Included the murders of gun dealer William Muller, his wife Nancy, and her eight-year-old daughter Sarah Powell. At their 1999 trial, prosecutors said Lee and Chevy Kehoe, who recruited him, stole guns and $50,000 in cash from the Mullers as part of their plan to fund and set up a whites-only nation, end quote. And what's really interesting about this whole story here for me is that the relatives of the family of the victims actually sued to prevent the execution. See, they argued for a life sentence instead. They say the execution is not being done on their behalf. The current administration campaigned on bringing back capital punishments in a big way, and in a statement, Attorney General Barr said, today, Lee finally faced the justice he deserved. The American people have made the considered choice to permit capital punishment for the most egregious federal crimes, and justice was done today in implementing the sentence for Lee's horrific offenses. And quote, So to keep up the killing, there are two more executions scheduled this week, and they'll most likely go through since Daniel Lee's case was lost at the Supreme Court this week. So to just spring it right on you, what are your thoughts on the death penalty? I mean, this guy was an obvious turd, but does he deserve death? What do you think? Also, thinking about this from a capital perspective, remember, he committed this crime in 96 and was convicted in 99. He's been appealing his sentence since then. How many dollars have been wasted during this appeals process? So again, what are your thoughts on this? Hit me up, you know where. The winds keep on rolling for the administration today, as the UK announced that in a reversal, they will now ban Huawei equipment in its new 5G network build-out, escalating tensions between Beijing and Western powers. This could very well be in a response to that new Beijing law against Hong Kongers that we've been speaking about. Quote, Huawei's critics say its close ties to the Chinese government mean Beijing could use the equipment for espionage or to disrupt telecommunications, a point the company strongly disputes. Oliver Dowden, Minister of Telecommunications of the UK, said this has not been an easy decision, but it's the right one for the UK's telecom networks, for our national security and our economy, both now and indeed in the long run, end quote. Meanwhile, the tech cold war keeps amplifying. Quote, the democratic West has woken up to its late over-dependence on a country whose values are diametrically opposed to it, said Robert Hannigan, the former head of the British digital surveillance agency GCHQ. Huawei and other Chinese companies present a real cybersecurity risk, but the primary threat comes from the intent of the Chinese Communist Party, as we see in Hong Kong. Go ahead and cancel me for that terrible accent. Huawei described the announcement on Tuesday as a disappointment and bad news for anyone in the UK with a mobile phone, end quote. So why is this a big deal? Well, there's really only two alternatives to Huawei 
way for this equipment, and it's Nokia and Ericsson, which are kind of behind the ball on 5G tech. And in many cases, especially like in our next story, you really just won't be able to risk it. So yeah, this is interesting, and while it's not the first time that it's ever been done remotely, this story proves one of the promises of 5G, remote robot surgery. Again, the first telesurgery happened way back in 2001, and it was from New York to France, which sounds very impressive, but they had a fiber optic cable running across the ocean floor to accomplish this. This surgery, however, took place only nine miles away, about 15 kilometers, but it was wireless using 5G tech. That's right, using that high bandwidth millimeter wave 5G tech, remember, that's the good one they were able to successfully complete a vocal cord surgery on a cadaver because come on no i don't think any living person is stupid enough yet to volunteer for this or maybe but no yeah so the surgeon basically has like htc vive vr goggles on a tablet and a haptic device that lets him remotely feel what's happening on the other side and then on the other side there's a robotic laser arm for the patient and another robot that's holding forceps so everything took place over 5g they were able to hit ping rates for the tech nerds out here of 280 milliseconds or less quote the surgeons who completed this remote operation reported feeling a strong sense of presence in the room at this stage the feeling is that of telepresence says matos the surgeons described feelings as if they were in the operating room during the delicate phases of tissue manipulation and laser ablation. Furthermore, they also described feeling less stress during these delicate actions because the robotic devices provide great stability and smooth motions, allowing them to be more precise and confident during the operation. But despite its potential benefits, Matos tells Inverse there are still some kinks to work out. The system we developed and demonstrated in the 5g telesurgery scenario is still a proof of concept prototype as such it is still limited in many ways says matos and quote so definitely still years away but exciting nonetheless all right here's gonna be a little rant of mine towards my number one listener El Trompito. He's not a member of the real ones. Don't get it twisted, but he's just so into himself. I can't imagine that he's not an adamant listener. Anyways, he was asked a question regarding his statement about cases of the vid spiking only because we're testing more. His answer? Oh, here we go. Well, you know that we have one of the lowest mortality rates anywhere. If, if you know Biden and Obama stopped their testing, they just stopped it. You probably know that. I'm sure you don't want to report it, but they stopped testing right in the middle. They just went... No more testing and on a much lesser problem than the problem that we have obviously with respect to this is the worst thing that's happened probably since 1917 this is a very bad all over the world it's 188 countries right now but no we are we test we test more than anybody by far and when you test you create cases so we've created cases i can tell you some countries they test when somebody walks into a hospital sick or walks into maybe a doctor's office but usually a hospital that's the testing they do so they don't have cases whereas we do we have all of these cases so you know it's a it's a double-edged sword oh jeez. okay so one 
No, we, we do not have the lowest mortality rate anywhere. We're actually seventh highest. Also, Obama didn't just stop testing during the swine flu epidemic. They just they just didn't. They had over a million tests available within the first four months. And you know, you don't create cases by testing. That that just is that's asinine. There's only been a 37% increase in testing, but a 158% increase in cases. Quote. This is all blame shifting and distraction on Trump's part. Plain and simple. He's wrong on the facts about testing. Comparisons to what Obama did with swine flu are pointless because they do nothing to solve the current crisis. The virus isn't political. It infects Republicans and Democrats. Trump still hasn't grasped that reality. And quote, wait, 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 though. I have to at least disagree on this thing. This shit is very political and it's being used politically by both sides. So don't get it twisted. Back to the lessons that we learned at the very beginning. Social distance yourself in public. Wear a mask in public. Wash your hands and be smart. And like my boy Philly D says, don't be stupid, stupid. All right, so yesterday, Ford brought back some life into the SUV market when they live-streamed the release of the original SUV, the Ford Bronco, after 24 years. So there's three styles, the Ford Bronco two-door, four-door, and the new Sport. Quote, the Bronco two-door and four-door aimed squarely at outdoor types who own tents and mountain bikes and actual compasses that aren't apps on their phones, and the Bronco Sport. A smaller, more citified version for people who like a rustic Airbnb but bring their own pour-over coffee gear. End quote. So on the two-door and the four-door model, you can actually take off the roof panel, the rear doors, the front doors, the rear windows, and do it all without tools by one person. That's a direct jab at the Jeep Wrangler. And these are serious off-road machines. Check it out. You can get optional 35-inch tires, trail control, which is cruise control, but for off-roading, and trail turn assist, which drags the inside rear tire, which makes tighter turns even easier. There's a GPS with topographic off-road maps that's integrated into the dash an integrated front mounted camera to record your forays into the wilderness there's silicone sealed water resistant switches on the dash plus an optional interior that can be hosed out they have a semi-active hydraulic stabilizer bar which is a thing that you'd be excited about it if you're really into off-roading a fully boxed steel chassis again you'd be excited about this if you're into off-roading bash plates again i don't know what half of this stuff is but it sounds like really cool things for off-roading and of course 11 and a half inches of ground clearance and the ability to go through water up to 33 and a half inches deep so on the interior side of things tons of tech goodies as well including like i mentioned that gps screen is a 12 inch touchscreen panel and of course there's a mounting bar right on the dashboard for adding a bunch of accessories like gopros and lighting gear and a bunch more so the two door starts at only 29,000 and taking a page right out of Tesla's guidebook, they can be reserved online for only $100. I believe Apple Pay is approved. No word on whether it's available in white and comes with a free police escort down the Santa Ana freeway. Zoom! 
Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. And again, for the five people that like hearing the outro, here's a couple bonus stories. Unfortunately, I just found out that Grant Imahara, known for being one of the personalities on Mythbusters, has passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 49. So definitely sending our light and love to his family. Also, it was confirmed on that story of Naya Rivera, the actress from Glee, that she was confirmed to be the body found in the lake. But there was a pretty kind of awesome story about this in a way. I mean, being able to spread a little bit of light on this tragedy, it is reported that she used the last bit of her strength to save her four-year-old son and get him back on the boat before ultimately going down herself. So again, even more light and love being sent that way. And yeah, if you heard yesterday's show, I am back in the city. And honestly, the city seems kind of the same to me besides everybody wearing lots of masks. I haven't ventured out too much, obviously, yet. Uh, We'll see what happens, but I'm excited to be back in my house and having real internet. All right, people. Remember, stay focused, stay proud, and stay dedicated. Dodge the rest. Catch up with me. I got you with the news.